The Boston Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs are set to renew acquaintances tonight at TD Garden. And with a playoff date certainly possible in the near future, we're looking back at the history of the post-lockout Bruins-Leafs rivalry on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Tuesday, March 29th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins your first listen every day. You know what? In March, we have already reached a new high for monthly downloads, and we're on the verge of hitting 25,000 downloads for the first time in a single month. So thank you. Thank you so much. I know there's lots of excitement lately about the trade deadline, the Bruins just on this great run in 2022, and hopefully we can keep it going here in the month of April as we head towards the postseason. Quick reminder that the podcast is free and available on all podcast apps, as well as on YouTube, so please hit that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feeds. Free to download, listen, watch, enjoy, and you can follow along as well at Locked NHL Bruins on Twitter, Instagram, and you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. Now the Bruins back in action tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs for just the second time uh, this season. Um. Head coach Bruce Cassidy said the Bruins are, you know, a bit curious to see how they match up against the Toronto Maple Leafs. They are tied for third place in the Atlantic Division with 87 points, identical 41, 19, and 5 records through 65 games. And uh, the Bruins will play the Leafs tonight one more time. I believe the final game of the regular season and uh, obviously Bruce Cassidy said they have two passionate fan bases and playoff series in the recent uh, past that have been thankfully tilted in the Bruins favor but the regular season has gone back and forth. Bruins players will be excited to play because you know it's developing into a rivalry That hopefully gets up and running again now that we're back in the same division. Things had gone. uh, They didn't play the Maple Leafs at all last season because of the COVID uh, realignment. And, you know, Boston has been chasing the Bruins, or sorry, the Maple Leafs and the Lightning all season long. Uh, Briefly overtook them in the standings over the weekend. They're on a 14-2-1 stretch here. And... You know, Cassidy said they haven't talked a lot about the standings other than moving up in them as the year has gone on. And um, 
They're going to see how they play against these teams down the stretch. They can only control what they can control. They've done a good job with that last week against the Lightning. And now their focus tonight is outplaying the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is a fun little rivalry that has certainly come about over the last, what do you want to say, 17 years or so since the 2005 NHL entry draft. That was the beginning point of this kind of modern day rivalry between the Bruins and the Maple Leafs. The 2005 NHL entry draft, uh, the Maple Leafs traded goaltender Tukarask to the Boston Bruins in exchange for Andrew Raycroft, who had won the Calder Trophy for the Boston Bruins a few years prior to that. Uh, Toronto management had deemed Justin Pogge as their potential goalie of the future, making Rask expendable. And uh, in an old article by Steve Simmons of the Toronto Sun, you know, take Steve for what he is. Uh, not necessarily the best hockey writer out there, but he is plugged in in Toronto. And he said, according to those close to the deal, the Bruins would have happily accepted Justin Pogge in exchange for Andrew Raycroft. The problem was, at the time, Leafs general manager John Ferguson, who went on to work for the Bruins, uh, was uneasy about moving Pogi. He wasn't convinced Rask was better, wouldn't agree to move Pogi because he had w- just won the gold medal playing for Team Canada at the World Junior Championship that year. Ferguson told the senior staff that the Leafs would get killed for trading the gold medal goalie for Team Canada, so he agreed to make the deal with Boston to send Rask instead of Pogi. Rask, of course, emerged as one of the best goalies of his generation, while Justin Pogi managed to appear in just seven NHL games, and I believe he finished his career in Italy. Um, Simmons added, The worst part of the Raycroft deal wasn't how he played for the Leafs. The worst part was finding out later the Bruins would have released him had they not traded him making him available to the Leafs without any compensation at all. Um, Unbelievable. And that was kind of the starting point of the Bruins-Leafs rivalry. It continued with some uh, kind of trade angles in 2009 when the Bruins sent Phil Kessel to the Maple Leafs for a First round pick in 2010, a second round pick in 2010, and a first round pick in 2011. Those picks, of course, became Tyler Sagan at number two in 2010, uh, Jared Knight with the second round pick, and then Dougie Hamilton in 2011. Now the Bruins kind of squandered those gifts from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Phil Kessel, of course, went on to have some great years with the Leafs. He was traded by them to Pittsburgh. He won two cups with the Penguins. 
He could have been a very good Bruin, part of the core that they've had uh, or they built around for the past 10, 15 years. Uh, the Bruins, you can debate the Sagan and Hamilton trades in subsequent years. I wasn't a fan of either. would have liked to see them keep both those players. Uh, but that just added to uh, the intrigue between the two clubs. You give up uh, Phil Kessel, who was a restricted free agent, trade him for those first picks. They weren't lottery protected. The Leafs, not as good as they had expected in that first season with Kessel. And it ended up being the second overall pick. And then even the ninth overall pick the next year. Uh, in retrospect, a win for the Bruins, yet they squandered those two uh Picks, despite the fact that you know they were uh, contributing members of the Boston Bruins to some degree uh, in the 2011 Cup run in Sagan's case in 2013 uh, with Dougie Hamilton, but that kind of set the stage for uh, what was to come on the ice. There was one other trade I wanted to mention that was pretty significant between these two clubs. It was the last trade between them that involved roster players. And that was Thomas Coberley coming over to the Bruins from the Maple Leafs in 2011 in exchange for Joel Corburn and two uh, draft picks. A second round pick in 2012, which became Mike Winther, and a first round pick in 2011 that became Ricard Raquel. That would have been a nice piece to have in the arsenal for the Bruins. But as we all know, Thomas Coberley has his name on the Stanley Cup as a member of the Boston Bruins. Before we get into the on-ice rivalry, a quick word about Bet Online. After months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four and will determine this year's national champion this coming week. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it, they've got it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you so much again for making Locked On Bruins your first listen every day. Podcast free and available on all podcast platforms. So please do smash that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. Now when it comes to the Bruins-Leafs rivalry, I guess this is where I should add that by all rights... I should be a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. I was born in the city of Toronto. Well, technically, a suburb of North York. North York General, shout out. Uh, grew up, well, lived for the first year, two of my life, in Pickering, Ontario, which is just outside Toronto. But then from there, we moved east to the town of Brockville, and then finally settled up in Ottawa. Speaking of Ottawa, condolences to the Senators, 
uh, everyone involved in the organization, as well as family members of owner Eugene Melnick, who passed away uh, last night at age 62. Uh, I grew up in Ottawa. I remember where I was when it was announced over the radio that the Senators were coming back to town. So as an Ontario boy, you know, I should have been a Leafs fan just by birthright. I love the Toronto Blue Jays. They were my first sports love. I jumped on the Toronto Raptors bandwagon when they came about. But when it came to hockey, it was always the Bruins, and it always has been. When I was growing up, the Bruins, of course, the rivalries were with the Montreal Canadiens, uh, the Hartford Whalers, Buffalo Sabres, uh, even the um, Pittsburgh Penguins to a degree with those playoff meetings, the Edmonton Oilers meeting in the final. Uh, that was, those were the teams that my uh, love for the Bruins was cemented against. Uh, never, I don't even remember really growing up giving the Maple Leafs that much thought um, until they developed a rivalry with the Senators. Growing up in Ottawa, the Senators were always kind of my B team. But whenever the Bruins came to town, I'd go and obviously root for the black and gold. I do have a lot of family members who are um, Leafs fans, especially uh, on my in-laws' side. It's a very Leafs-heavy um, fan base on my wife's side of the family. And that has made some recent, uh, you know, holidays a little awkward, especially in uh, the last meeting in the playoffs when game six of that series was played on Easter Sunday. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. The real rivalry on the ice began in the 2013 Stanley Cup playoffs. Of course, May 13th, 2013, Game 7, the Bruins rallying from a 4-1 third period deficit to beat the Leafs in overtime by a score of 5-4, advancing to the second round, and then eventually to the um, Stanley Cup Final, where they lost to the Chicago Blackhawks. The Bruins... People forget we're up 3-1 in that series before Toronto won two straight games to force Game 7. If the Bruins had coughed up that series lead, what a difference in the scope of hockey history. There'd be no it was 4-1 jokes. Uh, the Bruins, you know, wouldn't have gone on to the final that year. Uh, played the Blackhawks, Game 6. We all know what happened there. Uh, ironically, the Bruins won Game 1 in that series by a score of 4-1. to one. Um, James Reimer was incredible in Game 5 of that series, making 43 saves. He made 29 stops in a 2-1 win in Game 6. And again, the Bruins went down 4-1 in the third period. Um, but Nathan Horton began the comeback, 
with a goal at around the 920 mark of the third period. Then, after pulling Rask to add an extra attacker, Bruins scored twice in the last two minutes of regulation to tie the game. Milan Lucic and then Patrice Bergeron. Bergeron then scored in overtime to give the Bruins the 5-4 win, the series win, as well as the iconic photo of Sagan, Marchand, Bergeron celebrating with James Reimer on the ice. The first seven, first game seven in NHL playoff history in which a team trailing by three goals in the third period won the game and therefore the series. Um, unbelievable. In 2018, the Bruins Leafs played again in the postseason. A very different looking Maple Leafs team this time around. Uh, in that series, uh, Nazem Kadri assessed a five-minute major penalty and a game misconduct for charging Tommy Wingles. He was suspended three games. Uh, the Bruins were up in that series, but the Maple Leafs forced a deciding Game 7 on April 5th, 2015, 2018. Game 7, Patrice Bergeron, once again the hero, scoring a goal, recording two assists in a 7-4 win. Uh, Jake DeBrusque, also very instrumental in that game. The next year, third time in six years, the Bruins, Leafs, round one, once again, Boston winning in seven games. In a crazy twist of fate, uh, in this one, Jake DeBrusque getting hit by Nazem Kadri, resulting in a knee-on-knee collision. Uh, no penalty was called on the play. Kadri returned to the game, retaliated against DeBrusque, cross-checking the forward in the head, and he was once again given a major penalty, a game misconduct, suspended for the remainder of the series. Uh, the Leafs were up 3-2 in this series. That game six on Easter Sunday, I was watching very tensely with uh, my in-laws at my wife's uncle's house. Uh, the quietest, most subdued celebration I could muster uh, as the Bruins won that game. And then in the seventh game, Rask made 32 saves to defeat the Leafs 5-1 in advance to the second round. As it stands right now, the Bruins and Leafs would not be in line to meet in the postseason. The Bruins holding down the uh, first wildcard spot in the Eastern Conference. But again, very tight between the Leafs, Lightning, and Bruins at the moment. Uh... 88 points for the Lightning, 87 points for the Bruins and Leafs, respectively. Identical records, identical point percentages, and there's a lot of movement that could occur. So the Bruins could end up playing. Uh, Florida, Tampa, Toronto in the first round. It's possible that they could even end up playing Carolina if the uh, Panthers overtake the Hurricanes in the standings. But for tonight... It's a great measuring stick game. Uh, 
The Leafs are coming off a win over the Florida Panthers, the number one team in the Eastern, or sorry, in the Atlantic Division, uh, a night after losing to the Canadians. So it's a real roller coaster ride for the Maple Leafs, as it always seems to be. And uh, the Bruins, hopefully, coming out and uh, doing what they can to get the win like they did last week against uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's a brief history of the Leafs-Bruins rivalry. I should add, in 2013, when it was 4-1, I did text my brother-in-law, who's as big of a Leafs fan as anybody I know, texted him, congratulations. Uh, The Bruins did come back and win that game, and I think it was a good couple weeks before uh, we made contact (laughs) once again, which was... Uh, which was kind of hilarious. And before we get into some news and notes leading up to tonight's game, quick word about Brock, Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while they order the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You can go on your computer, even on your phone, yourself save time and money by using rock auto you can save 30 50 even 100 percent on uh, the same parts for example a honda odyssey fuel pump is about 353 dollars from a chain store you can get it for 216 from rock auto they're a family business they've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years their prices are reliably low for every customer they have everything you could possibly need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now. See how easy it is to use their website. Check out all the parts available for your car, truck, or van. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Now, just a couple items that you need to know before tonight's game. It will be Jeremy Swayman getting the start for the Boston Bruins. He will be in net to face the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, No other lineup changes are expected for the Boston Bruins. Jeremy Swayman in the midst of an incredible season for the Bruins. He's appeared in 31 games, a record of 19, 8, and 3 with a 925 save percentage. I mentioned yesterday that since he was recalled from the AHL in light of Tuka Rask's retirement, he has the third highest save percentage among regular goalies up there with Darcy Kemper and Igor Shesterkin. And uh, really belongs in the Calder Trophy conversation especially if he continues to get a lion's share of the starts down the stretch. Right now, it seems to be he's getting uh, two out of every three starts. Uh, Bruce Cassidy did talk about the fourth line of Nick Foligno, Thomas Nosek, and Curtis Lazar. Uh, building chemistry in recent weeks, not yet translated into points, uh, but the trio hopes to change that Uh, and they will if they continue to play the way that they have, Bruce Cassidy believes. Uh, Nosek said the numbers are not there, but they always try to do the little things, get on the power play, 
draw some penalties, be good defensively, killing penalties. Eventually, goals are going to come as well. Uh, playing good together, building some chemistry. Hopefully, it begins to show on the score sheet. The Bruins have three lines that are contributing pretty consistently at the moment. If they can get some offense from the fourth line as well, make them even that much more dangerous. No changes to the lineup, like I said. So it'll be Derek Forbort, Connor Clifton again on the third pair. Cassidy did say that at some point he is likely to insert Mike Riley and newcomer Josh Brown into the lineup, uh, probably together as a pair since they've been practicing together, uh, you know, in the Bruins skates. Maybe Thursday, maybe Saturday. They do have to get in soon. Uh, they're going to get through tonight's game, see how everyone looks on the back end. Certainly contemplating a two-for-two two switch because of the, because they have started working together. It could be a complementary pair. Uh, Bruce Cassidy had initially said that uh, with Hampus Lindholm coming in, Josh Brown being um, acquired, that uh, Brown would kind of be the the eighth man and Riley Forbort Clifton would compete for uh, the five and six positions. So far, it's just been Forbort Clifton. Cassidy reluctant to make changes after wins, typically. Uh, so that's why Forbort Clifton staying together. But regardless, those two guys do need to get in. And they will soon. But it's interesting to hear him talking about uh, putting in or keeping those pairings together and maybe doing a straight two-for-two two substitution. Uh, the Bruins just tweeting about Eugene Melnick here, uh, saying the Bruins are saddened by the passing of Eugene Melnick. Thoughts are with the Melnick family, Senators' organization, and all those across the hockey community who are mourning this loss. To end on a positive note, a major congratulations to the Boston Pride underdogs against the Connecticut Whale in the Isabel Cup final, but they came out on top to repeat as... Uh, PHF championships, champions, I should say. Uh, they were down 2-1 heading into the third period against the top-seeded Whale, uh, but Evelina Rasselli and Taylor Wachowski scored 12 seconds apart, Genereo adding an empty netter to give the Pride a 4-2 win. Jillian uh, Dempsey, who's been with the team since year one, racked up a goal and an assist in the win. Uh, and it was their third Isabel Cup, second in a row. Uh, Pride goalie Katie Burt saying, after nobody believed in us, nobody wanted to see us win. RIP to the rest of the PHF. We're back-to-back, baby. Huge congratulations to the Pride on that one. Uh, Big game tonight. Can't wait to see how the Bruins match up against the... um, Toronto Maple Leafs, do follow Locked NHL Bruins at ENC McLaren for all the latest on the uh, Boston Bruins. And we'll be back with a fresh episode tomorrow to recap all of tonight's action and bring you all the latest on the Boston Bruins. Thanks so much, friends. Have a great Tuesday, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.